This morning I spoke on the goodness of God and how God loves to show His goodness to us. He loves to show His blessings upon us. And um, it's because we serve a good God and He cares about us and He shows, He demonstrates His love to us. And I, I wanted to share something that's been on my heart because it's something that I got confused in my head. And, and I'd be willing to bet when we get into a lot of you guys are going to scratch and say, you know, I've had the same thought. I've wondered the same thing. You know, it's, it's, it's cool to see how God desires us to obey and for us to walk in fellowship. He desires a relationship. And we say that all the time. I mean, there's not a believer here that is not raised in church that got it at some point in your life where if you were to ask them, what is the Christian life about? They're going to respond to you and say it's about a relationship with God. But then when it comes to other areas of our Christian walk, we detach from that way of thinking and we put on almost a work salvation. I've got to do this. I've, the more I do, the more I'm going to be in favor with God or the more hours I put in or more things that I do when it comes to witnessing or whatever. And we honestly get this confused. And, and I, I thought, when it comes to the goodness of God, how many of us, it's one common thing that we all have, that we pray and ask for God's blessing. It's not being selfish. It's, we serve a God that is capable of doing anything. He's all-powerful, almighty. He's got the power to save your children, bless your family, give you a new job, pay for your bills. Everything that is the heart's desire that we have, God is capable of blessing and giving to us. So isn't it normal to sit there and say, well, okay, I'm going to pray... Lord, help me to have a better job. Lord, bless my kids and bless the drama and bless my Sunday school class. And Lord, fill this up and fill that up. It's just human nature to sit there and ask a God that is rich and powerful and almighty to bestow upon us his goodness since he is, has infinite goodness to give to us. And so we pray for these things. We desire to have success in these areas. We desire to see God work and that the hand of God might be upon it and for it to be blessed of God. But have you ever stopped to listen to our prayers? And I mean, and I'm, I'm going to go back and forth this idea of the difference between a relationship with God and religion. We, we would, anybody that's a born again believer that understands praying is talking to God, Correct. It is not a matter of repeating words, and if I was to pass out a prayer to you, you all would shoot me, think that I was crazy. I want you to read this prayer every time you, before you go to bed. You'd think, well, that, Pastor Tony, that's, that's not what we've learned. That's not what's in the Bible. We don't sit there and repeat words. And if I was to say, well, a prayer blessing is this. Turn to page five in your prayer books tonight. We're going to pray for a prayer blessing upon our drama. Okay, there, our father. Da, da, we'd all say that this doesn't even feel natural or normal, and you'd push that off. With that same mindset, think about when you pray before a meal. Or you pray before you go to bed. Or somebody says, Brother so-and-so, will you stand and lead us in prayer? Oh, no, we can roll into a prayer and never even have to stop and concentrate about what we say. I, I could ask our kids, and we, we do this a lot, where I challenge them when they're going to pray before a meal, well, why don't you pray for this? Boom, I mean, it is da, 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 that rehearsed speech that we have said 100. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Bless this food to our bodies before we eat. And Lord, help us to have a good day. In your name we pray, amen. And then you stop and ask them, what did you just pray for? And it's just that. And I'm just saying, how is our repetitive prayers any different than saying, turning your prayer book and read page five? So what's the difference? It's not coming from your heart. We do it out of religious, ritual, tradition, this is what I have to do in order to stick the fork in my food and shove it in my mouth. This is just what I have to accomplish. And then it's religion. 
It's going through a routine. It's just going through the motions. But in all of our prayers that we ask, Lord, bless. Lord, put your favor upon this. And that's what the word bless means, to have favor with God or to have the hand of God upon you or have the, an outpouring of his power or his presence or his goodness upon what you're asking for. Don't you guys wish that there was a magical formula? Uh, and, and that's, that's why in other religions and denominations and stuff, they'll run to a man and say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Go say five of this and four of this and you're good to go. Oh, okay. So it's a checkoff list. Boom, 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 boom. I'm good to go. And now I'm going to run out and do my own thing. And we, we get upset about that. But once again, we, we almost go from the relationship aspect into the religious aspect of checking off the list. Well, I, I, I want to have God's favor. So I, I can't pray and ask God for the blessings because I've skipped church this week. And I got mad at my neighbor and I kicked my dog. And I, I you know, I slipped and cussed in the car during rush hour traffic and and all this other stuff. And it's almost like there's all these scales that are going on in our heads of, I don't deserve God's blessing. Or I didn't get God's blessings because I did this and this. Why would God answer this prayer? I can't ask God to bless this. I haven't even prayed this week. Or I, 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 I scarcely prayed. Or I, I've only read two chapters when I normally read a chapter a night or whatever it is. And you try to figure it out. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards these other religions. Because it's not about a relationship, it's, about a, it's, it's a list of do's and don'ts. Do this, do this, do this, and you have favor. Pray three times a day in this way. Say this prayer, this page thing, have these beads, put this oil on. It's just ceremonial stuff. And then you pray and God doesn't bless. And then you step back and think, well, I wonder if I prayed enough. I wonder if I said the right things. I wonder why God doesn't like me. I wonder why he didn't give me that car that I was praying for, that job or that raise or whatever it is. It's almost like we have it in our heads that God's up there with Gabriel and, and the more times we pray, the more God's checking it off and say, well, when they reach 100, we'll, we'll answer that prayer. Or Gabriel turns to God and says, God, they're asking to pray for, to bless this drama thing that they're doing down there. And says, well, how, how much have they prayed? Lord, they're up to 40 hours, combined hours. Well, when they hit 45 hours, go ahead and bless that the first night and we'll see how it goes from there. And I know we laugh about it, but honestly... We almost are like punching a time clock of how much did we give to God? Was it enough? And then is it enough to get God's blessings? And if you're to be honest, that's even how we, we fast and pray. Well, if we're going to ask God to do this, well, everybody needs to fast this week. And we go, okay, I need to squeeze this in this week because I want God's blessing. Fasting is not about knocking something out for God to give you a, uh, some sort of special perk on the weekend. Let me show you this, and we'll read this, and then I'm going to take you to the life of Abraham and show you two ways that God blessed them. And I believe that we can learn how to live or have that blessed life. Psalms 115, verse 9. Psalm 115, verse 9. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel, bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you will help me to live out what I'm about to preach. And help us to understand 
Lord, what you so desperately desire from us is a daily walk in relationship with you. Not a list, not things that we accomplish, Lord, to earn favor with you, because, Lord, we know that that is impossible. But, Lord, in our religious mindset of going to church week after week and doing what we do, Lord, help us to break that, because, Lord, that will never get us anywhere. We can say over and over, Lord, that it is not religion, but, Lord, help us to strive for a true relationship. We pray this in your name. Amen. Do we get that what God desires from his heart is to bless you as his children. I'm not just saying that. God looks forward to, gets excited, and desires with all of his heart to pour blessings upon us. It is what brings him joy. The same way that we are referred to as the children of God, me and Jen of this Christmas, we've already started. And uh, Jen, way in advance, she'll, she'll start writing down ideas for Christmas. And she gets all excited the other day. I came home from work, and she brought me upstairs, and she brought me in there, and she's digging through these boxes, and she's saying, oh, it came in, look, it, look, he's going to love it, or she's going to love it, or whatever. I'm not giving anything away. I'm just telling illustrations. And they, they, she's more excited than the kids even have a clue, and this is the one giving it away. We're the ones sacrificing and putting the work and the effort and the research and the buying and everything into this because we can't wait to give this what we have had knowing that it will be a blessing to our kids, and we anticipate that Christmas day to be able to get up and then get all excited, break it out and put it in their lap and watch them over and watch their face explode with excitement. That brings crazy excitement to parents, and I don't get why. And, and if you're not a parent, you just sit there and say, I don't get it. It's just something about the joy that we get of seeing our kids have blessings in their life. Do you know where we get that from? We get that from God. God made us that way. And this verse says, over and over, he shall increase you more and more. He will bless them that fear him all over and over again. The Bible says in Matthew 7, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? We often think of blessings as being something that the more we beg God for, eventually he'll give it and give it to us. Have you ever thought about that? Keep on praying, dear God, I beg thou, Lord, please, 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 please. Let me just stop and ask you, when your kids do that to you, does that work? Mommy, please, 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 mommy, 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 please, please, please. It's not, and you're thinking, that's not what gives you what you want. All that is is annoying. And you think the more that we beg or plead and pull on the ear of God, that eventually God's going to go, okay, just here you can have it. But that's not how our God works. And I'm not just talking about material things and money and cars. I'm talking about God desires to bless us when it comes to our health or our joy or satisfaction or relationships or whatever it might be in our lives. But the question is, how do we receive this favor with God? And God gave me this thought. And I've, I, I actually shared something similar to this before, but... Uh, it's just when I, I've had the last couple of days over Thanksgiving, I had a little more time than I normally have at home to be with my family and things. And, and uh, we, we've got this house and it's the desire of our, house, our hearts to be able to go to bed and have everything picked up and put away. And the other desire of our heart each night is to be able to go to bed. I mean, just like I, I look forward, you're tired. I just want to go to bed. But you've got this obstacle getting things done. So this is what you do. You walk in and you say, all right, guys. 
let's clean up, and then we're going to go to bed. All right, 10 minutes later, walk back in there. Guys, didn't I say, come on, let's clean up. Who made this mess, and who made this mess? And halfway through them honoring mom and dad, it, it turns into a fight because the blame game goes on. Of I never pulled that out, and that's not mine, and that's hers. It's mine, but she pulled it out. Ah, and you're just like, oh. And then they come back to you and say, can we stay up late and play a game? No. Are you crazy? I want to put you to bed early. There's no way after so much time of that that you want to bless them. Because here's the thing. I'm not going to give goodness to them for their misbehavior. I don't want to bless what did displease me. Do you understand how that works with God? God will not bless what displeases him. He's not going to pour out goodness upon you when he could not get you to obey and listen. Now, let's reverse this situation. And I come home from work and Jen is uh, smiling and I walk in there. She says, you want to believe the kids had a great day. They got done with their schoolwork right away. I asked them to do their jobs and they ran through and did their jobs and all that. And I am overjoyed and I'm excited because when mama's happy, everybody's happy. And and, you know, and, and the kids are doing their, their job, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm happy, and they've honored. You guys get that? They honored me by honoring her, and they honored us as parents by being obedient out of their heart and not us having to threaten them or whatever over them. And then as a dad that loves my kids and looking forward, I say, hey, I got an idea. You guys, get your shoes on and get your coats on. We're going to go out. What are we going to do? We're going to go do something. We're going to go out for ice cream. We'll go out and rent a game. Or we'll do this or that. We'll stay up and play Xbox later. We'll, we'll do something fun that they did not ask for. I want to give them. Because they pleased dad. It's a relationship. A relationship that is birthed and accomplished through obedience and honoring. And then it hits me. Wow. When we say over and over again that that's the way God is, that is what God is looking for from us. You know, sometimes I, um, I'll come home and I'll be going out and running out to the store. You know how it is. I have to go out and do something. A lot of times I don't want to go out alone and I'm waiting for one of the kids to want to go with me. And, you know, it's, it's cool when I'm getting ready and the kids see me put my coat on. They step up and go, Dad, 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 where are you going? And I say, well, I'm just running up to Kroger. I've got to go out to Walmart and get some stuff for Mom or whatever. Can I go with you? And so it's just, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, you can go with Dad. Put your coat on or whatever. And they don't even realize this. But inside, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. They want to spend time with Dad. And, and you know, they, they miss me. And, 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 I mean, that just, it thrills my heart. It really does. It does something to me. Now, now let's reverse the situation. Let's say I come home and I'm, I'm getting ready and I'm dropping hints and hints and hints. And the only one that picks up on the hint is Jenny. So Jenny turns and says, hey, one of you need to go with your dad. Oh, does it have to be me? I was like, uh, make Morgan go with dad. She's always kissing up the dad anyways. And, uh, uh, you know, and it turns into this and then it's like, you need to go. And I'm overhearing this. Get up. Go with your dad. Go with your dad. One of you get up and go with your dad. Your dad wants to spend time with you, you know. And, and they get up and they're dragging out the door. And they're the whole time like, Dad, do we, how long are we going to be out? And can we go, Dad, do we, how long is this going to take? And it, you know what I'm saying? And do you, do you think I'm like, yay, uh, let's swing by and get a treat or ice cream. I'm just thinking, let's get this over with, you know. It's not a blessing to me. Sunday morning. 
do we, have, do we have to go to Sunday school, honey? I mean, seriously, I mean, we're going to be at church, and I mean, it's, it, he usually preached long anyway, so it's kind of like hearing two lessons in the morning anyways, and it's like, do we, do we have to be there all day, and just, can we leave right away, and da 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 do you see what I'm talking about? See, God looks upon your heart. God looks down and he sees our hearts with all that we do. With your attitude towards ministry, your, your attitude towards singing, your attitude towards going to church or opening your Bible or reading at night. And you're sitting there going, da 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 three chapters, boom, God bless me. And God's like, oh, that's great, you read three chapters. And be like me sitting down and having a relationship with Jenny and sitting there going, whoop, five minutes is up. I put in good time tonight, right? Quality time, right, baby? You know, and I'm like, I'm going to go watch TV now. I say, that, that's not what God wants. It's not what you want. Why do we mess this up so bad? Wanting to know why doesn't God bless us? And we say the phrase all the time or we throw out the terminology all the time. God desires a walk with you. Walking with the Lord, walking in the light, walking in fellowship with God, walking all these things. Well, think about what that is. It is, it is a relationship. And the tighter you have a relationship with God, I promise you, the more God desires to bless you, the more you, more you know his heart, and the more he knows your heart. I've had the last three days to spend time with my mom. And, and it is such a blessing. And now... I mean, we're, we're nearing Christmas time and everybody's talking about gifts. And the more you get around and you're trying to figure out what does mom want. Let, let, me just, let, me, let me just prove an illustration right here. I know a lot of you appreciate mom or no mom or she's been around here for the last 14 and a half years or whatever. And just being honest, mom, you don't look, okay? But how many of you bought a Christmas gift for my mom? Raise your hand. Nobody. It's a good thing you didn't look, mom. It's pretty bad. And you're thinking, like, why, why would I buy a gift for your mom? Exactly. But how many of you plan on buying one for your mom or loved one or whatever? And I just, hands are going to go up all over. And you say, why is that? Uh, I've got a relationship with my mom, and I love her. And as a relationship with my mom, I give of myself, and she gives of back to me. And that time that we have, and Tony, that's how it works then we have to understand why the blessings are being disconnected in our lives because there is none of that fellowship. It is more like we're a fan of God or we're familiar with God, but we don't have a walk with God until we're standing there wanting something. Now, if I was going in the store and one of my kids ran up to me and they were like, oh, Dad, I want to go with you. And the whole time, the only reason why they wanted to go with me because they were planning on begging me for something once we got out. I was like, What? Is this the only reason why you wanted to go with me so you could get to the store and beg me for that one thing? And I think, how often do we sit there and search scripture or pray and God says, yeah, he's praying, but wait, you'll see what he really wants. The only reason why he's coming before me is because he's got something in the back of his mind where he's going to eventually pop it out and say, because it's been two weeks since that dude has bowed his head and prayed to me. But now he's going to bring it? Yeah, what is it now? Nobody wants to be used. We want to bring you and give you, just in closing, two short points. And uh, in Genesis 24, and I'm going to bounce around to a couple of passages as we look at this. In Genesis 24, looking at Abraham, because there is a phrase mentioned in the Old Testament and New Testament about Abraham's walk with God that perked my interest. Number one, he was extremely blessed by God. But then there's another phrase that comes along with it that, that kind of makes sense of why. Why? 
And the Bible says in Genesis 24, verse 1, and we'll look bounce around in Genesis. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. You know, you read that, and you almost perk up and go, oh, okay, I want to read this dude's life and find out what the, you know, what the trick was to what he had going on. And, and it's neat to see how God says that God blessed him in all things, because one thing that I can tell you, Abraham wasn't perfect. Like all Bible characters, when we read about him, if you read long enough, you're going to find their downfalls. You're going to find where he slipped and he lied and he did a lot of things that he should not have done. And of course, he did walk with God, but he was in no way a super Christian. So let me point out the two simple points here. First one is found in Genesis 18, verse 18, and we're still studying Abraham. And I'm going to show you the phrase that comes out of here. So first of all, I want to establish the thing that he was well-favored and well-blessed by God. And we see this. Number one, here's, here's, here's tool number one of walking in favor of God or living the blessed life or however you want to put it. Number one, we see the relationship that he had with God. Not, not religion, not asking God for certain things, not begging for him, not saying so many prayers. It wasn't that his prayer life was X amount of minutes or hours a day. But listen, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation. This is God talking about Abraham. And a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. See what God says here. For I know him, that he will command his children after his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him, which was this outpouring of blessings upon his life. But I love how God himself says, and this, you don't find this phrase a lot, says, I know that guy. And I know you're going to step back and say, well, of course it's God. God knows all things. But if you go later, I'm going to point out in just a minute that when the phrase and the terminology comes about God and Abraham, do you know what it says? It says that Abraham was a what with God or to God? Friend. Abraham was a friend with God or a friend to God. And, and you, you look at this and you think, how cool is this of what God was trying to do? God desires or God loves to have a relationship with his people. God desires to have this intimacy. In James chapter 2, verse 23, you don't have to turn there. And the Bible says, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. This is what happens. The more you spend with those that you love, the more your hearts become knit together. And what you do for them, you do out of motivation of love for them. It's not a debt. It's not something you have to do. It's not something because you run around underneath this fear of God dropping the club on you because you weren't in church and you didn't read enough chapters. You didn't put in enough prayers. You didn't do this and that. It's not a checkoff list. It becomes a relationship. When your hearts are knit together, same way that me and uh, Jordan and Logan and Morgan at different times of me spending time with them as their father and I get to know them. And when I'm out and I'm with Jen and, and we're, we'll be in the store and I say, oh man, I want to get this. And she's, what is that? Oh, I was with Jordan the other day and he mentioned how bad he wanted one of those or he thought this was so cool. And, and the thing is, because I know him and he knows me and we have this relationship and we walk with him and he brings pleasure into his life, into my life because I am his dad. And I bring pleasure back into his life. That is the description of a relationship. 
It's not religious. It's not repeating duties or doing one thing after another or begging there or pleading or all the other things that we've made the Christian life about. It was said that Abraham was a friend of God. But I want you to notice the next thing. Not only did he have a relationship with God, but we also see the reason why God blessed him was because of the choices that he made. Now, this is one of the obvious things about Abraham, but I could not get into his life without understanding this. See, you're going to realize from this that God cannot, will not bless sin. doesn't matter how much you ask for it. doesn't matter how even close you get to God. First of all, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to want to remove sin anyways. That's a natural progression. But flip back even more to Genesis chapter 13, still talking about Abraham. You guys have to understand that everyday life is about choices. Every day we make choices. Abraham and Lot come to a place where they have to make a choice. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east and separated themselves one from the other. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain that pitched his tent toward Sodom. And the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Stop right there. If you were to read that description, you'd want us to turn around and ask Lot, why are you going in that direction? Why would you want your family under that? Why, it'd be like moving your family to the middle of Las Vegas and saying, all right, kids, go out, keep your minds, have a good time. You know, every single day, you just want to do that. And you said, no, I don't want to put them in an environment that's going to be temptation or sin. You know why somebody chooses things? Because out of their heart. You make decisions out of what you do when it comes to your family or your church or whatever, out of what you love. That's just the way that it is. But notice the difference in verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that, Lot separated himself. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and thy seed forever. And I will make thee thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built thereon an altar unto the Lord. Both of them, both of them come to a place where they made a decision. For us as Christians, every single day, we are faced with choices. And I'm not talking on Sunday morning here where a crowd of people that I know that some of them are sitting there and they're clueless. I've seen people make choices and you stand back and they just had no clue. I had no idea that that was wrong. I didn't know that I couldn't go clubbing on Friday night and get drunk. I mean, they haven't learned that until they get under the influence of God's word and comes in their minds and changes their hearts and minds. But I'm talking to a different crowd tonight. Let me say, the Bible says that he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. And we read and we know and we study and some of us have been in church our entire lives and we know right from wrong and every single day we come to places in our lives where we stand there and we identify something as that is wrong or that is right. Whether it's coming to a place in your life where you start dating and you start venturing into things that you know is wrong when it comes to things dealing with pornography, when it comes to things dealing with your marriage, when it comes to things dealing with cheating on your taxes or honoring God, or when it comes to doing right and wrong, when it comes to giving to the church or whatever it is, we know what is right and wrong from God's word and we come to choices and we stand there consciously stepping into it saying, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. 
Let me go back to me being a dad. Do you know why I don't bless or bestow or pour out blessings upon my kids when they are doing wrong? Because I don't want to condone what they're doing. That is telling my kids, I know you did wrong and I know that this is something, but I'm going to bless you anyways. It's like, hey, why would we stop doing this if dad blesses us anyways? If I'm going to run down this path and I'm going to keep doing my thing and I'm going to keep rebelling and tell dad no and all this, and I turn around and ask and he hooks me up anyways, why would I change my ways if I still get the same blessings? You see, God is a just God, a holy God, a righteous God. The Bible says that if he's going to be a just God and a holy God and a righteous God, He cannot turn his back on sin and keep throwing blessings your way. That is not how God can work. It's not a matter that God won't bless you for sinning. God can't bless your sin. Now, there is grace and there is love. And I want you messing this up. We're talking about over and abundance. We're talking about blessing and bestowing good upon them and and the good things of life and things like that. My kids can mess up and all that. I don't make them sleep out on the trampoline to prove a point to them. I thought about it, but I don't do that. You know, I, I, I still love them as my children. I still take care of them. They still crawl into a bed and there's still heat in the house and they're going to go to bed with dinner and they're going to wake up to breakfast and they're going to have those things because I care and love about them. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I'm going to say load up the car and let's go to Chuck E. Cheese either. And then people sit there and they're living this life of no, knowing what is right and wrong and they step into a world of sin and they're not honoring God and they're not obeying God and they're not faithful to the things of God. And then they sit there and say, God, will you please help me in all this? And God says, why would I do that when you're robbing from me? Why would I do that when you're unfaithful over here? Why would I pour out blessings when you can't even obey me in the simple things? Remember, It is a relationship with God. And God will do anything as a dad. I'll sit there and say, come on. Guys, I'm not going to jump in that pig pen. The father did not run after the prodigal son and jump in the pig pen with him. He he let him go. And he allowed him when he came back and he even ran to him and fell on his face and he hugged him and kissed him and restored him. Yes. But the father never jumped in the pig pen. Our God will not jump in your pig pen. He will not take off his garment to jump in your sin. He died to free us from that. He overcame it. He died on the cross that his blood might cover our sin. It's redemption. That's why the father did run out and restore the son when the son came back to him and said, Forgive me, father, for I have sinned. I just think, how many blessings do we miss out in our lives? Of asking God to help me with this and do this. And Lord, be with me and be with my kids. And God keeps pointing out that sin or that wrong or that fault in our lives, just saying, man, son, I so desperately, daughter, I so desperately want you to straighten that up because I love you. And once again, I desire a relationship with you. You see that God blessed him and God honored him. God did these things. See, the thing is, I want to be more than average. The Bible talks about different things about my cup runneth over. The Bible says different things that uh, it gives life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I know these are verses that we throw out all the time, but think about it. All of these things is above average. 
It's, a, it's, it's not mediocre. It's, 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 it's God bestowing it. And I look upon Abraham, and Abraham's blessings was not average. But his relationship with God was not average either. It wasn't a big deal. It was a matter of he desired to be in the presence of God. And it changed his heart. And he desired to please God. And even at one point in Abraham's life, when he got to that point where Abraham had all these blessings, and the one thing that he wanted more than anything, you know what the one thing that Abraham wanted more than anything? Was a son. And God gave him that son. And God even at that point said, Abraham, I don't want anything ruining our relationship. Will you let me have him back? Can I have Isaac? You guys know the story. He went up and put him on the altar and he almost took his son and God said stop and he restored the relationship that was nothing dealing with God desiring to kill Isaac. It had everything to do with mattering uh, of not wanting to ruin the relationship that he had with his father talking about God. And I ask you guys, without a doubt, don't we all desire the blessings of God? I mean, I'm, I'm saying God... Do something big and special in my life. Lord, bless you. We're about to enter into a new year and everybody is wanting to turn over that new leaf and, and start a new start and all these things. Do it in the favor of God. And I'm not saying quit this and do this and do that. You know the number one thing you need to start with is your relationship with God. Every day, in every way, making God part of your life. And then when God, you're walking close to God, God will point out and say, son, that needs to go. And son, I can't bless that. And hear that and hear that and hear that. And you know what God was going to do? God will pour out blessings because that's what daddies do.